two chopped greens and we are coming to you. It is chopped greens and we are in a theater near you. And that is how we open chopped greens this week. We are tap dancing into your hearts. You love it. We're there. We're all for it. Our eyebrows are on fleek. You know it. You know this to be true. Welcome, everybody. And welcome, Gary, to the podcast. How are you doing this week, man? Man, I'm I'm good. You know, I I think that, that um I'm not nearly as good a singer as you. The uh, massage therapist that stole my voice still has power over me. I don't have my voice back yet, but um I I'm doing just splendid, man. How are you today over in your heights? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I I'm feeling musically inclined today as our film would would suggest this week and I'm I'm excited to get to it. Uh because there's a lot to talk about. It's certainly been bubbling over the past few weeks now that we've had some time to simmer on it. Uh, has been released on HBO, if not, if you're not feeling comfortable to go into theaters to watch it. But, of course, In the Heights, directed by John M. Chu, written by, well, the, the, stay, uh, the movie screenplay, of course, is uh, written by Kira Alegria Udes. Forgive me if I said that mispronounced it. Mispronounced it. Lord have mercy. And then, of course, it was based on the musical stage play and concept by Lin Manuel Miranda, who also moonlights in this film as the Paragua Man. Uh, and then we've got Anthony Ramos as Usnabi, Corey Hoskin, Hawkins as Benny, Leslie Grace as Nina, Melissa Barrera as Vanessa, Olga Moretti's as Abuela. Jimmy Smith as Kevin Rosario. Gregory Smith. Yes, Gregory Diaz the Fourth as Sonny. And Daphne Rubin Vega as Daniela. And I guess for you know what? For those who uh for those who want, we got Stephanie Beatriz as Carla. She's the girl from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> I was going to say, for all my Nine-Niners out yes, there. Yes, as, as Rosa. everybody, everybody who, uh, whoever has seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine just watching, just said, hey, isn't she the... Yes, yes, she is. Yes, she is. Uh, so, here we are. We are in the musical. I think this might be our first musical we might have ever reviewed yeah, on Chop Green, I, I don't. In the history. I'm, I'm like... I, maybe we might have done like like a Pixar musical, like eh. maybe like a Moana, but truly this is something a little bit different. And yeah, this is the first one. And honestly, I am myself going to put a disclaimer at the top of this podcast because if there's any musical theater nerds listening who I am sort of one and I know a lot of them, this is not a musical. This is a movie. This isn't filming Hamilton on stage. This is something different. And so I will judge it as such. Good. Good. I'm I'm glad that that cuz again, you do you do need to judge this a little bit differently and I do feel I I do think you need to hmm you need to come into this fully with eyes wide open realizing that this is probably going to hit really close to home with a lot in my community and a lot of the people certainly in the in the musical community uh mm-hmm. but but more so within the the underrepresented hispanic community i i i know that for a lot of people that i know and and surround myself with this movie 
if nothing else, is well represented. God bless that it's well represented. There wasn't any whitewashing, really, and there was a lot of, of good performances within this piece. Now, one thing I'm going to have to as add as a disclaimer to my piece is that I have seen this this the the stage version of this, and I saw it on Broadway. So I it was I was for very fortunate enough to see this during its run on Broadway, with mm-hmm. uh, not with Lynn as the lead character, of course. I saw it with Corbin Blue, the immortal Corbin Blue, uh, in the in the lead spot here, um, and even on Broadway. I wasn't as enamored with it as I think I was supposed to. Obviously, it won Tony of the Year. It won uh, many accolades there. And I I think everybody's bubbling and buzzing about this film, possibly getting some Oscar nods later on in the year, uh, depending on on what you possibly could categorize it under. Uh, But my biggest problem with this story, with this film, rather, is the story. At parts, it does... It does lose me. And I think the biggest problem within the story is the, the the characters of Nina and Vanessa. More so Nina. And and it's not as prevalent in the film version, but Gary, she Nina is a character, and I don't don't fault the actress for it. I really do just think that it's a poorly written character. That she just comes off as unlikable. And because of that, I don't think you're ever fully invested in her story. And so whenever she comes in, and I'd say it's about a fourth of this film, maybe a fifth of this film, whenever she's on on screen, I'm just checked out. And I, I don't really enjoy the film for the entirety of her character being on screen. Your thoughts? You know, what's funny is, um, okay, first of all, I gave that disclaimer. It makes it sound like I didn't like the movie. I really like the movie. But I, I will say that some of the big glaring things for me um, we're actually the two women in the lead roles. I'm going to sound like such a, such an a-hole, but I think that, um, what you're saying is correct about her story being probably at least to, to put it nicely, the least engaging of any of, of the uh, main, perhaps four stories. And then, um, the actress, both of the actresses, um, I have to imagine that there are better, not only actresses, but also singers who could belt a little bit more out there. Um, And I, yeah, I think that those actresses um, definitely come up weak. And I feel bad because like you said, there's a lot of representation in the movie. The men in the movie are great. And, and um, Abuela is also great, but uh, we'll get, we'll get to her. She deserves the spot. Exactly. But the two leading ladies are the weakest point and piled on top of the fact where, like you said, Dina's story is or sorry did I say Dina Nina Nina's story is the weakest so mm-hmm. <laughs> one other interesting element so one thing that's going to be intriguing is for me at least and I don't know if this is going to be a problem widely because I, I I'd imagine more people have not seen the 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 show and the or not the show well the Broadway show have not seen the show performed on stage in any capacity. I'd imagine that that's the case, more so than people are going to be seeing the film. So this will be their first exposure to it. Maybe afterwards they'll seek and, and search for for live stage incantations. Um, but what if... what? Uh, it, it seemed weird to me that the blackout would occur, that the blackout would be where the timeline's being set, 
because it seemed it seemed unnecessary to even host that as a as a timeline. Whenever we first got introduced, and it's like three days till blackout, and then afterwards it's three days from blackout. It seemed highly inconsequential. At least with was the- that a thing in 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 the live show? Did they like walk like a card across the stage that said three days till blackout? No, no not at all. If anything, the the blackout is much like it was in this film. It's pretty much the middle point. It, it's right before intermission in the show. Uh, so so there is that. But otherwise, it didn't necessarily. I I thought looking at it from a perspective of somebody who hasn't seen either. That it's giving away information that I don't think you necessarily need to give. Um, there's a couple good good changes that are made from the show to the film. I will say that. Uh, and again, just to re-clarify, you have not seen the show, correct, Gary? I have not, and I didn't know what it was about. Um, my girlfriend Jesse, who like you, is involved in musical theater. She still does shows. It's like her life. You know, she has seen it, and she told me a little bit about the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was coming in very much blind. Of course, I know Lin Manuel Miranda. I know Hamilton. I know like how famous he is. So I had high expectations. Yeah, no, it does. It and uh, and again, this this film has a lot of more so than a let me let me let me just restart over here i think that this film more so than a lot of films i've seen recently a lot of films has emotion and character oozing from the opening from the opening credits to the end there's this film more than anything else has a tremendous amount of heart. And I know that that sounds corny and cheesy, but it's absolutely true. The characters are, are very much outside of, outside of Nina and Vanessa are very personable. They're very realistic and in kudos to the writing, because I think that that helps that they're being written as such, but man, are they just oozing and, and coming off the screen and into your living room are they just so realistic and and battling real issues and and placed in real spots and even the entire film dang it is is filmed on location with a lot of real residents of the on location within the the Washington Heights area and I, I think if we're going to start now going to good performances and not harp on harp on the ones that were under par I'd say, uh, probably the best of the male performances. Is, tell me if you think that it's it's anybody else, but Anthony Ramos certainly does hold his own as as a dual actor in both singing performance, rapping performance, and of course just in his acting. I think he does well with the material given. No, I, I, absolutely. I, I have no gripes with um, you know uh, Anthony Ramos or Corey Hawkins or Jimmy Smith, but Anthony Ramos is he's the the backbone of this movie. It's tough with with musicals like this because there's like four stories going on at the same time, but obviously his is the main story and his does the job and hits home. You know, brought me to tears at the end there, and uh, he was phenomenal. I mean, I've I've got nothing bad to say about him. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Yeah. It's kind of hard in these in these performances to break away so much so from the narrator role that you have your own moment. But I think that there are very good humanistic moments like the champagne scene certainly certainly is is well well acted on his part and, and even on Vanessa's or excuse me, Nina's part. 
Uh, no, Vanessa's part. I'm sorry. Uh, I think for both of them, it's it's a very good scene. And, and the chemistry between mm-hmm. those two seem to be real. Uh, there's a lot of good choices coming out of Anthony's acting. But I don't know how you walk away from this film and don't hold an, an intense amount of love for the performance from Olga as, as Abuela. She, mm. she certainly, oh my God. for the first half of the film drives a lot of the heart of the film she is the story's written around around her for the first half of the film and then it slowly becomes what her legacy is in the Mm -hmm. second half of the film and i'd i'd argue gary that the best song the best song maybe not from a choreography standpoint but just the best song to enjoy the performance from is abuela's song yeah is that um Alabanza, I think no, it was. Pacencia oh, Fe. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? I was I was gonna ask you as a musical theater person, how do you think of these songs stack up as far as just musical theater songs go? But that one, um, if you're gonna leave this movie, that one combined with uh probably champagne, um, and, and maybe where they're actually kind of dancing in in the heights at the end, um, are probably my my favorite ones. And obviously the intro song is actually great. It, but I think good. that as far as um, which it, which one stuck with me more, probably Paciencia Ife, right. for sure. I mean, but it kind of goes very naturally into Alabanza, which is where I was sobbing. So Right. And and here's here's one thing that I'll say that you wouldn't know unless you saw, but I actually think that that song it's great in both renditions. Uh, if you listen to it on Broadway, it's it's probably sung better. I don't even, and it, it's just it's fantastic on on stage. But I actually think on film, it comes across better. And part of the reason for that is whenever you're on stage, you are having to work with an elder actress. Therefore, any version I've ever seen of this of the film of excuse me of this of the show holds the the actress to not really do much it's it's much more a park and bark which it's still it, you can have a lot of character moments you can have a lot there is that a real term that's awesome park, so like park and bark, if, yeah. if you sit or stand in one spot and sing your song it's called a park and bark called a park and bark nice welcome to theater lingo with philip uh and you can do that but with film you're able to do multiple takes and you're able to stop in a second and have her do this and that and having her actually do light and and moderate choreography to walk around and be incorporated in this world that she's she's making for herself, I I, I really really enjoyed that. I I thought that it brought to life a lot of her plight that the show doesn't necessarily do for her because it's a limited song, of course, but you're just not able to have that many cuts. You're not able to go as far as you are in film. That's one song that I felt had a boost uh, and a boon from being able to be put on film that you would not be able to do uh, on, on, on the stage on, on in a live audience setting. And that's where, you know, John Chu and his direction comes in. I mean, if you look at his filmography, the fact that this movie is so good makes sense. I mean, he did uh, Crazy Rich Asians, Step Up, Step Up 2, Step Up 3D, and then uh, Justin Bieber, Never Say Never. He's done a lot of concert movies. And so he's obviously got that bone in him to combine emotion with just beautiful choreography to look at. I, I think he hits the mark every single time he tries, except... Let me hear your opinion on this, where um, it's Nina 
and God, what what's Corey Hawkins' character's name? Benny. Benny. And they're and they're singing and they're walking up the side of the apartment building. Um, this movie uses some visual effects, all of which I really like, but that one just was just weird to me. That was the one I thought was kind of unnecessary. I don't know about you. Okay, so this particular. It, it, okay, how do I how do I start this? The show has this coming back from intermission. So you're fresh, you're there. And one key difference is that that song, that particular song is set after post post coitus and at night. Ah. Oh, and okay. and and you're it's, a, it's supposed to be this reveal moment in part that Benny and and Nina have gotten back together, at least momentarily, for one. Two, it's supposed to be their their identification of love because there are three things going on at once in the show of of in the in the massive blackout that occurs that you come back from intermission trying to reveal what everything happened because everything was so crazy in in the darkness. And this this show or excuse me, the film while I enjoyed the concept, wasn't a big fan of the song to begin with. I, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a snoozer when it comes to musical theater songs. Every show has, I think, one of them, and um, this is probably top of the list. Yeah, I I enjoyed I enjoyed the idea. I enjoyed the when it first started happening, the transitions between where realism was to fantasy, from back to fantasy to realism were quite good, I thought. I thought that they the camera work to be able to adjust them so quickly in and out of that was 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 really well done. But once we got into the middle part, the actual dance part, they're dancing on a on a side of a window and a kid's looking at him with spaghetti. It didn't fully realize it and eh, I, just a big eh. Yeah. Yeah. It it wasn't it didn't quit quite it didn't hit quite as hard as I think they thought it would or did or or could. Uh, it it just it's one of those. It's probably one of the more once you, you'll you'll easily remember it when somebody brings it up. But in total of the film, I thought it was one of the weaker parts. And again, that that goes to my earlier discreditation of I didn't necessarily like it in the show, so therefore I kind of came in not expecting to like it in the film. And me being pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed any element of it, I thought was a was a boost. <laughs> and again, yeah. goes to the direction. Of the of the of the film's uh, director, but um, the only other uh, musical number I kind of want to point out, just as a musical number, was "No Me Diga." Was absolutely as fun as it needed to be. That which one was that? No one? Me Diga is the one where where Nina first comes back and she stops into the hair salon. <gasps> oh, that yeah. number, yeah, 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 may that not, was good. May not. It, it's one of those repeat viewings where you want to hear it. When you watch it, the the film, or you see the show for a second time, you'll probably remember it more, and and it'll become like one of your favorites to listen to on on that album. But in the film, it's absolutely as fun as it needs to be. Even the wigs completely loved the inclusion of that, the choreography including them. How fun! How smart! How intuitive was that inclusion, Gary? of the wigs of the wigs joining in oh, on the yeah. fun on the it's, dancing yeah it's it, it's like what like like a five second moment but it kind of made my eyes go ah 
ah, and, and the movie has a, a lot of little tricks like that. And that's where the, I mean, I would be disappointed if it wasn't like that because it's like a legendary musical. Um, so if you can choreograph everything and have little things like that, it's, it's great. You know what? Yeah. Gary, let me, let me ask you this. Cause this was a, yeah. a small major part of the film that was very divisive with the group that I watched with. What was your opinion on the graphics, the use of graphics within the film. Are you familiar with what I'm referring to? Yeah. Do you mean like like when Benny is walking and he's like making shapes with his hands yes. um, and they're doing that? I see. I, I mentioned those visual effects earlier. I I liked all of them except for the walking on the side of the roof. So all of those graphics I thought were cool. I mean, this is a, a movie and they're flexing their visual effects muscles. And I mean, you could consider some of the you know big sequences. Um, almost like that. Although I will say that when I think it's Vanessa's running down the street and there's those like banners falling down, I wasn't, wasn't quite into that. So, you know what? I find no, I myself at this moment, I think I'm talking myself into 50, 50 range. Um, there were some that I really enjoyed some that I didn't like. I How about that? No, that that's fair. And I think I'm going to go with yeah. you here because I, I think one, uh, again, there, whenever you're talking about a sequel, whenever you're talking about a reincarnation of something, as this film is, it's a reincarnation of the show, you have to at some point justify the film's existence. That's one thing that you have to do with non-original works, is that you have to justify its existence. And this is one subtle hint on something that you can do that justifies its existence to where obviously you can't do that in a live format. It just doesn't, it doesn't work unless you're specifically doing something like, I don't know, Spider-Man turn off the lights or whatever that film is where you have to, in, in order for the, the show to work, you have to be able to get Spider-Man to swing. This isn't one of those that there's no inclusion of, of graphics or, or fake anything within the, the show. Obviously that's something completely original and unique to the film's iteration of this concept, of this show, of this story. So while I can appraise and shout out and give a brava to giving out and, and being so bold and brave as to go out and do these things that make it unique and original and somewhat of, a, of an original experience, doesn't mean I enjoy it. Doesn't mean I'm I'm all for like how they used it or or whatever. I I don't think I I enjoyed it on mass. There was maybe one or two times that I thought, oh, okay, that was cute. I think when Benny's drawing out the subway map, that was that was one cool thing. That was one time I enjoyed it. The rest of the times, wasn't a big fan of it. Wasn't my thing. I can certainly at least understand the inclusion of it, especially with with uh, graffiti Pete being such a such a elevated part of the story from from the sidelines uh and and it didn't necessarily do as much for me as i think they might have been hoping for uh who did you watch this movie with a group of friends all all people who have done musical theater like or like they were theater friends yes yes absolutely Okay. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, this is where it gets tricky with musical movies. Um, but you mentioned the intermission before this movie as a movie 
is it's it's too long. And obviously, if you were seeing the show, there'd be an intermission. But you want to keep the integrity of the show. But it's really tricky because I got into this debate last night with Jesse. She was like, "Well, you know, they make this movie to." Yes, with Jesse, my my lovely girlfriend, who, as I mentioned, is a big musical theater person. She goes, well, they shouldn't change it because they make this movie for musical theater fans. And I was like, oh, I think not. I think that the movie producers want to make it as appealing to as many people as possible so that they can make their money. And honestly, I think that you might start to get a little bit disengaged in some moments like where you said after intermission, Nina and Benny's song. There's I mean, I don't know what the solution is, but and, and I want more movies like this to be made to raise awareness for awesome, you know, creators because theater people make next to no money. Like really, Lin Manuel Miranda. Now that he's gotten into movies, but in, in general, you know, no, they they don't. But it's it's too long, man. It's two and a half hours long. I, and honestly, some places I think that you can take out a few things here or there. For one, you can cut out Lin's entire character. And it's the same movie. You could also cut out the scene of Nina and the little cousin going to the protest at the end because the, the arc of what of, of what she wants to do still hits home. And that was obviously added now because, you know, the musical was made in 2005 and it was added in there to be a little bit topical. I think yeah. that there's a few things that you can slice off to make it a solid two hours. And you could probably cut out a song, too. I just like you're going to make some people mad. How do you feel about that? Look, you're in the debate between you and Jesse. Dare I stand between you and and your your beloved Jesse? Because I too, I love her, just not in the same way. But hey, 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 uh, hey! Look, look <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just telling it like it is. But uh, I I think you can take each film, each musical film, I should say, and kind of evaluate it on on what its goal was. If you look at something like Grease, the movie. There, there was no barely little correlation between the the show and the movie. Like none of the songs in the in the movie are in the show. Like maybe two, and they're in the background uh, in, in a radio scene or something. So that's one that's like made for film audiences, not not for musical theater people. Something like Chicago's probably perfectly in the middle, where it's geared for both, but it's trying to serve both masters. And then something like uh, probably like Hairspray. Hairspray was probably the most modern, closest to this source material that I can think of for for movie musicals. If you want to talk about like Broadway shows, probably War Horse was pretty close to to the show material. Anyways, I digress. What what I'm saying is, do I think that this this could have been cut down? I think uh, just like anything in life, you you can, of course, you can. Do I think it serves the purpose? No, and here's why. Yes, yes, of course, you can cut Lin-Manuel's part away, but I think that you do lose a lot of the uniqueness. I actually enjoy the the wink nod to the to the Easter egg that is Lin-Manuel. Oh, no. I know. what You, you mean like when, when What's-His-Face is on the phone and it's playing Hamilton as yeah. the... Uh, I like... Da -da 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 -da. Oh, no, I like I Lin... those little things. Oh, oh man. I, I like when Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> plays the character because that character is in the show. To be fair, it's not like he wrote a yeah. new part for himself in the movie. That is yeah, in, in there. The show. And the person who serves the Mr. Softy Ice Cream, I don't know if you know this, you, you've seen Hamilton on Disney Plus, yes? 
just said he was also in Hamilton, He right? was also in Hamilton. He was Washington in Hamilton. And oh, he was in the original was, In the he's Heights. He's the big guy. He's yeah, Benny yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the Heights. And he was, I, I saw him in person during my, my stay in college. He's an amazing guy. Very humble guy. Very nice guy. Anyways, stuff like Let that. Me just say, I got to say, man, yeah. if you're trying to serve both both parties, that's the stuff I get. And And if you're the general audience member... I don't think that that was too much of an ask. Now, uh, that's true. I mean, we 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 are flooded with superhero movies and TV shows that all do little wink nods to each other, and sometimes I like that. I think that I just um, I have a gripe with Lynn because um, I watched Hamilton on Disney Plus, and I've also seen Hamilton in person with a different cast. I saw it at at Gam. Yeah, I saw it at Gamage. It was amazing, and. On Disney Plus, Lynn is by far the weakest person in that show, and he's the main <laughs> character. And I'm like, bro, you you wrote. I mean, he's an amazing creator. That show is groundbreaking. It's going to live on forever. But it is his legacy. Ca- it's it's his legacy. And I'm like, bro, you cast yourself. I mean, you either are so self unaware, or you just don't care. You're like, no, man, this is my musical, and I'm going in it. Which honestly respect but um when i saw it when it was touring the guy who played hamilton had a way better voice was also a little bit younger which i thought um helped um (laughs) i think lynn was too old and so i saw him in this movie and i was like ah here he goes again but i i mean this movie it's obviously more of a cameo and it's fine i just have to go on my little lynn rant here well there's a whole counter to that i don't know if i'll necessarily i don't think we have the time to to do this discussion justice um i would just say i i can appreciate a person coming up making their own way and again i do i i am completely with you do i think he's the strongest singer no actually i don't i i i think <laughs> he borders on pretty much downright awful uh i i don't enjoy oh. that. <laughs> I, I i'm gonna be honest with you i i agree with his creativity his creations are absolutely astounding. I can appreciate the fact that you're making your own opportunity and not only that, but creating jobs and roles and parts in theater, well, which is exactly. I mean, I think he's one, been been whitewashed yeah. uh, as a whole in, in all of history yeah. to now create opportunities on mass for people of, of, of ethnicity and color. I I I am one who's well, now who's you're making me look that. like a like a complete idiot. <laughs> no, because again, like I said, with all that being said, I completely I praise him for that ability. Uh, yeah. But do I think that he was talented enough in the third category where it's actual performance? Not necessarily. Either way, mm-hmm. uh, as it pertains to In the Heights, I think that, that we have nowhere else to go. But Gary, how many piraguas are you going to give In the Heights? Out of five here, right? Out of five so, Paraguas, how many are you giving? I, I feel I feel like I've been excessively negative, and I apologize to anyone who's listening, thinking that I'm trashing them. I love them. I cried like three times during this movie. The music was great. I just I think it's a little bit long. Oh, and, before, and you, those, before you give yeah. your review, can I go one last thing yeah. as I check my notes before we leave? And I need to say this because it's my smallest big gripe ever. It's it. Yes, I realize it's an oxymoron, but I need to say. Uh, use Navi when he lays down Abuela. When he lays her down to rest her feet, whatever she's doing. Why? Why did he? Why did he go back in there? They 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 framed this so weird. Because if we take the timeline that's established here, they went out to the club. 
there's a blackout, right? So club time's probably 11, maybe 10 if we're going to the club early. They spend time at the club, enough time to get drunk. Then there's a blackout. Then they finally get back to the house, right? So we're probably talking around midnight that they get back to the house, right, Gary? Finally, they're playing bingo. Yeah. They're surrounded by family and they're playing bingo. Abuela goes to go off to bed to rest herself, right? So we're looking at around one. That's pretty late for old people. He goes to put her in her in her, in her bed. Why on earth, how on earth would go, would somebody go into the room, seeing a person and unconscious, just think, hey, are they all right? For me, I'm here thinking, if I were to peek in on a similar situation, my first thought wouldn't be something's wrong with them. My first thought would be, oh, she's asleep. She's asleep. That was the stupidest part of the film where I just thought it was completely unbiable. And it's not a big deal in the slightest. I just happened to think it was a very weird part of the film that I, I had an outrage over that nobody else seemed to to support me in with my little group. Gary, can you support it's- me in that? Um, I'm not outraged, but it is a logic jump. And imagine how much more powerful it would be if Uznavi is holding her like when she dies or if he notices her actually die instead of, yeah, he walks in and he has to have the obligatory like, hey, abuela. And oh, abuela, abuela, wake up. But yeah, I I, I was also like, okay, I mean, I'm sitting here playing bingo. Abuela obviously went to sleep. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Come on. That, that yeah. was my, that yeah. was my leap of faith. So I'm, I apologize. Mm-hmm. I interrupted your Paragua no, count. No, man. Go ahead. How many cherry blood Paraguas will mm. you, will you give this film? I would give Hamilton on Disney Plus a five out of five, and I would give In the Heights a four out of five because um, it's rewatchable. That's always a metric for me. I will watch it again. I thought that the music was great. I think that we can't understate the importance of representation, like you said. Beautiful to look at. It will get nominated for some Oscars. I think it probably deserves most of those nominations, but... Big takeaways, the the leading women are kind of disappointing and the movie's too long. But I'm um, still with all of that. Very, very good. You know, make it two weeks in a row. I'm going three out of five. And that's not without knowledge that this. Probably wow. Won't I feel be. like I I trashed this movie way more in the review than you did. You're going lower than me. Look, uh, three out of five. Do I necessarily want to watch this again? Not not. Really? And I realize that I'm going to be saying this in light of probably people coming after me, uh, it hitting a, a lot of people close to home. I understand that. That I, I can't take away how much emotion this this film oozes and how much it draws out of you. I, I completely understand that. You and know if what? It, if it connected with you in that way, I can't take that that away from you. I understand. But for me, <sighs> be if I'm being objective, while it has really, really strong moments... The, the two female lead roles here offer a boring story. And that's about half of the film. That's about half of the film, man. And with a couple of dud songs in there as well, I, I just, I can't, I can't go above a three. I'm sorry. Mm, that, you know what? You, you might be pulling me down to 3.5 range because you were like, I don't want to rewatch this. And I thought it was good and it brought emotion out of me and I like the songs, but I'm like, knowing how long it is, am I going to really want to turn this thing on <laughs> again? <laughs> because I, I will watch Hamilton on Disney Plus oh, yeah. multiple times. Oh, yeah. um, it, amazing. But you want to be pulling me in a 3.5 range here because I'm like, I don't know if I, if I can sit for that long and, and deal with the, uh, the pitfalls there. Mm, that's tough, man. 
You're dragging me down with you. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. All right. I watered your pet agua down to three and a half, maybe. Four. Podcastus Emeritus, Gary Boucher. I'm Philip Emmer. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast, as well as all of our older podcasts. If you like this movie re- re- review, excuse me, we've got plenty in the backlog now. Of course, this is our first musical one, but we've got plenty of other ones. If you like scary ones, if you like romantic ones, if, <laughs> if you like thriller ones, we've got a ton in the backlog that you can go ahead and listen to and enjoy. If not for the first time, Go ahead and give it a second listen. Of course, we've got Gimme 5 if you want more fun and games, and we've got that accompanying as well next. If you haven't heard it already, go ahead and check that out. Uh, and we are across all podcast platforms on, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere except for Pandora, because screw you, Pandora. Paciencia y fe. Paciencia y fe.